Hi guys, this is Marlo Martos of HMT Studio and you're listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Mabuhay! Hello everybody, my name is Ian Taylor and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective at awesome community of car collectors and creators you can find our two groups on facebook details of which are at the end of this podcast so come check us out with me as always is my co-pilot in all things marvel cards he went to a card show yesterday brought all the surfers and now his pelican case is fuller than it should be it's knowing rad wow that was good i mean (laughs) you know See, Ian always undersells these before the shows. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm stressed. I, I don't think it's going to work, man. I don't know if we can come up with this. And then about 30 seconds in, he's like, wait, I have it. And then we start the show. And it's it always is, good. It is good. It is good. I like um, it. I, it, it, was, it, was, it was kind of um, in honor of our guest today. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, I'm not going to f*** around any longer. I'm going to introduce him. Um, we have with us on, on the show today... An extraordinary young man that some of you might have heard of. Maybe most of you won't, but you should do, because he is a sketch collector extraordinaire. Welcome, Matt Fuller. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Fantastic. Beautiful (laughs) Sunday morning here. Beautiful Sunday morning. (laughs) It's Easter. It's Easter Sunday as we record. Do you do the egg thing? Uh, my youngest now is 15, so uh, they just like candy in a pile when they wake up. That's it. Okay. <laughs> they, they don't like the hunt anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair Cutting enough. out the middle, man. <laughs> uh, and they'll sleep till about 2 o'clock, so yeah, plenty of time. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've got hours yet until they're awake then. <laughs> I remember sleeping till 2 o'clock. I also remember naps. Oh, naps. I, I, my wife can nap. I I just can't do it anymore. Uh, I used to be able to before before we had my my little girl. But yeah, sleep kind of goes out the window when they're that young. As I'm sure you'll you'll remember, Matt. Oh, sorry. That reminds me. In about thirty minutes, I do have to take a nap. So if you guys can just <laughs> like, if you can just keep going. Yeah, so yeah. Sorry. We but can do this. I didn't mean that. Just so we know. To, to be fair, you sometimes do during episodes anyway, and no one ever notices. So you probably could have got away with that. Well, no one ever notices until now. So thanks a lot, Ian. So That's quite all right. I'll, I'll happily, I'll happily out you. Uh, uh, so Matt, I drew um, these open eyes on my eyelids for no reason, obviously. So. <laughs> yeah, because the matchsticks don't hold them anymore. Um, uh, uh, Matt, are you? Um, so for, for those who who don't know, uh, Matt is also up until. When did you start, Matt, being a moderator in, in the two groups that, that we run? Was it about three months ago now? Yeah, right at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've, we've obviously spoken a heck of a lot more <laughs> over text and, you know, messages and things like that since that happened. Um, and it occurred to me that I, I kind of don't really know you that well. I know Noren and you have spoken before and you've done various Zoom kind of collector chats and things like that, which um, uh, I've not been able to partake in simply because of, um, you know, time zones um, and, and stuff. Um, so I thought it'd be quite cool to just, you know, speak to you and find out what you're about and have folk hear about what you collect. And I guess the best place to start is, you know, what, what's your kind of origin story? You know, what? What what do you collect, and how did you get there? And 
Absolutely. You know, a, a lot of it's going to, you know, 90 episodes into the podcast, you've heard a lot of this story before from other collectors uh, who are about the same age. But, you know, I grew up reading comics uh, in the 70s uh, and early 80s. Uh, and even right from the, the beginning, I was not just a fan, I was a collector. You know, my father was a coin collector. Um, even as like a five-year-old, I was a rock collector. Uh, and they weren't very good. Like they're literally rocks in the backyard, but you know, it was something to collect. Uh, but then once I discovered comics, uh, it was it was all over at that age. Uh, you know, I grew up at the time, it was uh, Claire Mottenburn on the X-Men. And that's really just what grabbed me. I, mean, I read a lot of other books at the time, but those were those were the stories that really got me and between burns art and later some ramada art after that uh, it just hooked me right in um and then i remember probably around age 12 so it was probably 83 there was this spin-off of the x-men called the new mutants uh and that that's really the one that that sort of set me up as a, a marvel fan for life you know I think the characters, what they were going through, I think any kid who collected comics in the 80s um, absolutely felt like a mutant <laughs> to other kids <laughs> uh, because it was definitely not cool at the time. Uh, so it just really resonated. Uh, and then, you know, I think the whole market quickly changed so just as quickly as i became a fan comics sort of died to me uh and i i can even trace it back to the specific event um my comic store locally uh, i swear the guy was a failed stockbroker but he was one of those really salesy comic book guys uh, he's this guy in his 30s and he hung around with 15 year olds at a comic store all day uh, and drove a trans am that tells you all you need to know he was, he was, he was quite the guy um but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had come out, and uh, it was huge. Even then, the prices were skyrocketing. Uh, and he sold myself and my friends on the next big thing. This was guaranteed, couldn't miss investment opportunity. So we we all plunked down tons of money on this famous book. I'm, I'm sure everyone still has a copy and you know, has it framed. You know, it was called Adolescent Radioactive Black Belt Hamsters. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, basically, at the time, there was this whole spin-off genre from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where it was adjective, 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 animal. And there must have been <laughs> 20 or 30 of them that came out in this one year time. Uh, and, you know, looking back, it turns out that was just sort of the whole comic uh, glut at the time. People were yeah. speculating, uh, prices were going up, and then just as suddenly it crashed. Uh, and it was it happened around the time I was 16 anyways. So, you know, all of a sudden it was about girls anyway. So comics just sort of went away. And I really didn't collect much for the next 20 years. And again, as so many other people have, have sort of said in that time frame, then all of a sudden, you know, Q, I'm 35. I've got two young kids and some disposable income. Uh, and... Uh, one of the things I wanted to do was I had all these comics from a kid. You know, I had X-Men uh, at the time. I purchased it all the way back, so I had issue one. I had the full run. Oh. And it was just sitting there, and I still wasn't really into it. So 
I got a, I rented a table at a local card show to go and sell them. Uh, and I did, but I made the mistake of walking around the card show. Uh, and I found uh, a guy selling Star Wars autographs. And all of a sudden, I bought some and I was hooked. So as far as cards, I was an autograph collector first and foremost. Uh, and I went uh, full ham, as you guys like to say. Uh, I had... I had at one point, I had every Star Wars autograph except uh, Lucas uh, and the composer, uh, Williams. Uh, I had had all of the Harry Potter from, I want to say there must have been 10 sets at that point. Buffy, Angel, uh, I mean, Eatworks, I had so many of them. Uh, And then I started getting into some of the new shows that came out at the time, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. Um, Some of them I still have, and they're framed up. Uh, But what really caused my pivot was uh, I was getting the Lord of the Rings autographs. Uh, and that was, that was a movie that I just, I love the trilogy and, you know, I watch it religiously every year. And I had mainly been purchasing through dealers or eBay. And at one point I was like, you know what? I want to crack some of my own. So I bought some boxes on eBay and I actually bought one by accident. I bought a box of Lord of the Rings Masterpieces 2 from Tops, uh, which turned out it didn't have autographs. But what it did have were sketch cards. And even though it's Marvel, I'm going to show you this because this is the card that started all of my troubles. Oh, nice. Wow. This sketch card. And it was my very first one. And immediately in my head, I said, you know what? That looks literally just like a scene from the movie. <clears throat> I could see myself using this card to like make a storyboard of the movie. And so I literally one card and I've already planned out this whole thing. <laughs> a true collector. Brain works is that is exactly what I did. And I spent the next 10 years I sold off every single autograph I owned other than a few that are framed still just because it would be too much of a pain to take them apart. Uh, and I started collecting Lord of the Rings sketch cards. Uh, And I do have uh, a couple posts on Blowout where I actually did exactly that. I had a screenshot from the movie with the actual um, um, script, uh, and then I would put the sketch card next to the picture. Uh, And I did that for the first two films. Uh, I never got around to doing it for the third just because it must have been... 100, 200 hour investments, just taking the time to capture every image and put it next to it. So it was a lot of work. Um, And then Marvel came about truly only as a way to have trade bait to get Lord of the Rings cards from people who also collected Marvel. I thought, hey, you know what? I'll be able to, you know, get get some out of them because they don't want cash. They don't want other Lord of the Rings cards. They were saying, you know, if you have have Marvel cards, I'll trade them. And I started down that path. uh, And then there were, again, another card or two. And, uh, you know, I still remember this is the Marvel card that I had pulled that because it as soon as i saw it it brought me back to that specific storyline with kitty and the brood in the x-men uh, and it's a bronze age card and 
that whole nostalgia kicked in and all of a sudden I started buying Marvel sketch cards to collect instead of for trade bait. Uh, and now I have probably twice as many Marvel cards as I do Lord of the Rings. Uh, so I've got these dueling passions between these two, between Middle Earth and Marvel. Uh, it just absorbs so much of my time. And there have been others along the way, but I've, in the last few months, I've decided, you know what, I can't spread myself too thin. So I've just about finished selling off my, I had a pretty substantial Rick and Morty sketch collection. That's almost done. Uh, working on getting rid of some Walking Dead and Adventure Time. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to focus on <laughs> right, uh, to the tune of a lot of sketch cards. So. Wow. So, so how many... Because uh, I've, <laughs> I know that that's one way to describe it. The um, Easter, that's uh, amazing, yeah. man. <laughs> what um, I, I've seen some pictures that have that have kind of made my jaw drop just in terms of the volume. How how many would you say? In fact, you're you're very organised. You probably know down to the exact number. <laughs> I, I do. Um, once I'm down to just Marvel and Lord of the Rings, I will have just shy of ten thousand sketches. Holy. <laughs> and that'll be bleeped out oh my goodness me no one's on the floor God, <laughs> man and i think nora knows um in 2020 i made the decision to trim back my marvel collection uh and i decided to sell 25 percent of what i had uh, so at one point i i think in 2020 i sold a little over 2,000 marvel cards to get wow. to where i am um, and I sold, you know, some good ones, but in my head, it, I basically sat down one day and said, all right, I'm going to go through this and I'm just going to do a quick judgment. If, if, if I look at it and say, I don't care, it goes in the cell pile. And, and that's sort of what I did. And, well, you know, I'm much happier right now with what I have. I think it's much more focused on what I like in terms of artists and characters. Yeah. Uh, and then even at the end of 2020, I decided to focus even more where I said outside of maybe five artists, I am only going to collect mutants from this point forward. That's really going to be my focus since that's where the passion has always been. I remember us having that conversation because I forgot it was a while now ago, but I was doing the same thing on a very small, on a very small scale, small, small scale, <laughs> comparatively. Uh, and Ian and I have spoken about this too, but there is something you know, it's funny. Okay, so bringing this out a little bit, you know, it's funny because I was just talking to somebody about sketch cards and they were asking me, they're like, you know, will sketch cards become, you know, the hot ticket item for a lot of people since more people are getting into Marvel? Will people start recognizing, you know, the good stuff, you know, the, the, the sketch cards, the one of ones, the things by artists and the uniqueness? And I was like, you know, it's, it's a shame, but I don't think so. And the reason I said that was because a lot of the really older sketches from older sets those are from collectors that do massive sketch collection sets right they want every artist they want it in particular order similar to marvel legends right sketch cards in marvel legends is part of the set so to collect the set you need to do one of each sketch card and get all these kind of things and it's a shame but because so many of them are kind of squirreled away 
it's hard for people to know. So when people come into Marvel cards and they look at NAR, they look at Rancho, they look at, you know, Warner Dre, they look at all these great artists that we know and are super awesome. They have no idea how deep the rabbit hole goes. You know what I mean? And it forces people. It, it, it doesn't allow people to explore those other sets and those sketch cards and let them kind of get bigger. So when I was looking at sketch cards and stuff a long time ago prior to this and all this stuff, you know, looking for surfer sketches is near damn impossible. It's funny because Ian and I always have the same trouble because Black Cat is so desirable as a character, especially in Spider-Man, that she's kind of, you know what I mean, that her sketches are always held when they're usually picked up similar to surfer because there's not a lot of him. <clears throat> But we were t- I was talking to Matt, and Matt was like, you know what? I need to focus this up. I want to do this. I want to get these collections. And Matt's obviously a, a, a true collector, the true definition of a collector. You know, he sees something of a project that he can make, and he goes all the way with it. And I remember him selling off some of these pieces that he has. And, I mean, they're gorgeous. I mean, even the pieces he parted with. You know, honestly, I have a surfer that Matt was so gracious enough to sell me. You know, he told me the price. I was like, yep. I mean, I didn't say shit. I was like, you're right. Whatever you want. Take it. And um, it's top five. One of my favorite silver surfers I have. And I'm extremely grateful for it. Um, But... You know, these these things are really rare and these sets are really hard. And when you start collecting one of ones like Matt has, that's a past. That's a long life passion. man. you can hear how you went through all these different sets and all different tribulations and everything you've had to go through. It's just insane, insanely cool, insanely cool. The different routes you've gone. Yeah, you make a great point about some of the older sets, uh, you know, even until recently, I never got a really good glimpse into like MCC 98. Um, some of the, even uh, 2007, 2008, it's really hard to see a lot of the best ones because as you say, um, a lot of the collectors from that era, um, and I think part of it is because of the competition. So I completely understand why, but they just don't care to share them online. Um, and it is a shame because some of them are just stunning. And you really, you know, since Rittenhouse, everything has been full color, which is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But when you see what some of the artists were able to do with just a pencil, um, you know, we, Norm, you and I have talked about this I think collectors would go gaga over just a pencil set, uh, especially if you could use that as an excuse to bring back some uh, comic uh, artists, some oh, some of the famous yeah. ones, and mix them in. And kind of, ha- I think that would be a great showcase for a lot of the the modern artists that we love as well to have that interspersed and to be able to see what they do side by side with some of those classic ones. Because mm-hmm. oh, there's of definitely them. two types of artists now, right? You have like. You have people who are sketch artists, and then you have people who are comic book artists drawing sketches. You know what I mean? There's a very interesting two pools of of, of sketch card artists in there for sure. Sorry, Ian. Go ahead, brother. No, that's all right. All I was going to say was um, some of my um, favorite black hats are just uh, ink, just black ink line work. Um, Mike S. Miller is the one that springs to mind. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I'm lucky enough to have a few of us. I say lucky enough because, um, you know, I've always um, had to kind of reach and overspend a little to get just the ones I've got because you know she's a popular character, and you know there's some there's some pretty big collectors who go over the high, who go after the high end artists. So um, 
so so yeah so n- nicely uh, curated by virtue of financial means i think is the uh, it's the best way to uh, to phrase my collection um but it's interesting matt you know with, with the volume of sketches that you have i i've seen you gradually pairing it back and some of the stuff you've been like pairing back has been like top shelf stuff you know in my eyes so um but yeah that that kind of speaks to the breadth of your of your collection uh, for starters do you um so you, you kind of got to the point where you've now kind of focused do you look on that as the latest turn in your collection or do you think back on that kind of 20 years of of doing this and then switching into this and switching to this as your journey to where you are now or do you think of this as just the latest twist no i think it's always been part of the journey like it, you know i've got a spreadsheet where i have each character and the number of cards and even before i made that turn mutants of my top 25 i want to say 20 were mutants anyways so they're the characters i've always um gravitated towards regardless um some surprisingly i i was a little shocked when i did the numbers i mean he's a mutant and I love him, but I swear, Cyclops to me is just milk toast. He's just—he's so boring so much of the time. Um, and somehow he's my number either three or four. It's like, how, why? How did this happen? <laughs> um, but as I dug deeper, because again, I, I look at data like that. I'm like, why is that? Because that doesn't make sense with what's in my head. I'd say about half of the cards with him, he's paired with someone else. So uh-huh. I, that at least made me feel good, right? Because the way I do it is if a card has eight characters, each of those characters gets a tick mark in their box, right? Because they're they're all represented okay. there. So there are a lot. Since Jean is my number, Jean Grey is my number two. Obviously, they're, because of their relationship, there are a lot of her cards that, you know, he's kind of hanging out in the background. Uh, and Ian, I know, you know, you like, uh, for example, with Black Cat, you like her to be the only one on the card. Uh, I agree with that. Sometimes I get very annoyed when I see uh, Scott Summers <laughs> hiding in the background. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's a stalker. He lurks. Exactly. He lurks. Come on, go go to a different card. <laughs> he lurks. He does. I love it. Do you? Um. So I I've seen over the last six months, I guess, I've seen you really uh, focusing on new mutants specifically with um your your APs. So for those. And we can't assume that everyone knows this who's listening. You know, it's AP is artist proof. So that's, you know, the artists who do, let's say for the sake of argument, they'll do 100 cards that are going to go into the packs and they might get, I'm just going to pull a number off the top of my head, 10 APs and they can draw on those what they want within reason. You know, obviously they're, they're, they're bound by, by the Marvel license and they can sell those to whoever they want for however much they charge. So when did you start? Because I get the impression you do a, an awful lot of AP work, um, and I I barely I I barely touch it. I can count on one hand the number I've I've had. Yeah, um, Matt, Matt is the uh, sketch artist whisperer in my you, book. That's what I always think about. So talk to me about how you discovered that and and how you how that's gotten to where it is now and how you approach it. Uh, so similar to sketch cards, my AP journey began in Middle Earth. Um, 
specifically when Cryptozoic released the three Hobbit sets uh, that really pulled me back into Middle-earth. And I had been aware of APs, but because my focus is so much scene-based, and even in Marvel, I think that's where my eye gravitates. It's, It's less about character than about does it recreate some sort of scene that resonates with me. Um, So I always call them scene cards, and that's where a good focus is in Lord of the Rings. So knowing a lot of the artists on Hobbit, I talked to them. A lot of them, you know, off the record, had shared previews of some of their work, and so many of them were portraits. I said, you know what? You really should be doing these scenes. Like, well, my card's already done. Like, well, what about the APs? Uh, So I did a lot of Hobbit commissions that were focused on very specific scenes uh, in the movies. Um, And that really is what started it for me. And then once those were done, I naturally segued into the Marvel APs, especially because, you know, at the time, you know, MM16 was really the first one where I actually bought boxes when they were released. All the Rittenhouse ones were sort of after the fact um, and just, you know, mainly buying either, you know, a couple boxes here or there or just picking up the sketches. So that's really what got me into the APs on Marvel, the opportunity to, you know, get some of those blanks. And especially with Rittenhouse, the oversized blanks. I loved what mm-hmm. some of the artists were able to do there. Uh, and then even on the recent ones, you know, it's, you know, when MM16 and 18 came out, I did some APs, but not a ton. Premiere 17 was the first one where I was like, okay, this set's been announced. I know it's out. I know from these artists are going to be on it. And I just started, you know, grabbing stuff up front and commissioning a bunch. Um, but really in the last year, probably two years, that's when it really started picking up where based on where I'm focused, it's much more cost efficient um, to just go directly to the artists. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that quite honestly, I like working with them and giving them the money directly. You know, I still, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I like Upper Deck and, but you know, my biggest criticism of them is the appalling pay rate. You know, it's very much sort of like that whole uh, low salary tip approach that restaurants in the U.S. take, right? You get sub-minimum wage, but, oh, you'll make it all in tips. And this whole market is, well, you know what? We'll pay you two or three bucks a sketch card. But, hey, like you said, you'll get one AP per 10 or 12, and and you can make your money there. Um, But we also know that doesn't always workout. So I give a lot of credit to these artists who, you know, put in so much effort on the base cards too, uh, knowing that, you know, for them, it's, it's less about the money than building up their skills. I think Dre has been super eloquent about that. You know, yeah. he's doing this. It, it, it's about, you know, getting better at what he does and not necessarily a return on investment. Um, so, yeah, I think right now I actually have my spreadsheet in front of me. Uh, I have 240 open APs right now. Cards, not artists. So, and Matt wears glasses. So, I want to show, I want to I explain what I'm seeing. 
<laughs> so I, I want to explain what I'm seeing. Matt wears glasses, and he was looking at his computer scene when he said that. And I swear to God, it was like seeing the arc from Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was just really <laughs> bright light. And Ian and yeah. my face were and melting. And my face up. started melting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> 240. I mean, I, I, I mean, y- you heard me talking about it. I'm sure, you know, I just did my first one in over two years. Um, and it was a delightful experience, but I got, I, you know, I still, I, I get quite nervous doing them. I don't know why I just, <sighs> yeah, I think all of a sudden it's one of those things. Uh, I think, I think I might've said this as well. It's like, <laughs> So all of a sudden someone turns around and says, well, what do you want it to look like? And I kind of, I'm like frozen in fear. It's like, I, I, I don't know, just, just, you know, just make it look good. Um, so I'm, I'm very much a, um, um, if I see it, I, I've always been like this. Uh, um, if I see it and I like it, I go for it. Cause I'm sure you're like this with X-Men characters. If you see it, but it doesn't quite go, you'll just, you know, you'll let it go by. Unless, of course, it sounds to me like you, maybe you don't. Maybe you buy everything you see. I try to do a lot of research on the artist, so I look at their body of work, uh, and based on that and whether I've got any of their cards, I, I sort of judge, all right, I think you would be good at this, um, whether it be a character or a concept. Uh, there are some artists where I just I say, character dealer's choice because i know i like their style mm. and i know in, you know unless something goes horribly wrong i'm really going to like it um i you know even before my current crazy project which i'll tell you in a second uh the one i did a lot in 2020 which you referenced was uh danny moonstar and the demon bear yeah um and yes. that started because there was one artist i'm not even sure who was the first one where i just i knew i liked their style and i wanted to danny and i said hey here's a crazy idea i said i'll send you the money here's what i want you to do i'll give you four words whatever you come up with and i said danny moonstar demon bear and they ran with it and i loved it and i ended up doing probably 50 of those throughout the year where i just gave those four words and what i loved about it is there were so many different styles right there was realistic there was dramatic there was comedic um and you know i'm going to this artist because i like their style and and you know, they have that artistic eye that I just don't have. So I'd rather trust the artist and the process and see what comes up with. Mm-hmm. And I would say last year, I probably, I maybe got two or three where there was something, and it, it was more just, you know, no one will tell you, um, you know, and there are a few, a few of us who have sort of this, uh, I, I almost don't want to say it because I don't want to infect other people with this approach, but <laughs> once, there was, every once in a while you see one tiny little detail, and if you're not careful and you hyper-focus on it, it's just done, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like that Seinfeld episode with the woman who in one light is beautiful and then you see her in the other light and she's hideous. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, you notice, uh, you know, there's this one pinky finger that's just just, just bent just the wrong not way. Quite right. It's like I can't unsee that now. Yeah, um, yeah. it's the worst. But you know, yeah. with so many of these artists, you know, there are very few where I give specific specific details to. Um, there was one 
the last one I can think of, and I didn't have to because of who the artist is, uh, but Mitch Ballard was working on one. And I said, okay, here's, I actually see the concept in my head where I want this. It's an oversized sketch card, and I want Moira from the recent story, um, the House of X, Powers of X Hulk, in the Hulk. center. Oh. I want an X, and I want some three characters in each of these quadrants. That's the most specific I've been in years uh, nice. about anything. And, and he absolutely killed that. And I'll be able to share that at some point. Uh, but other than that, it's like, you know what? Here's the character, you know, run with it. Um, and especially now, the newest project I have is to take the mutant idea and go even further, where I am creating a spreadsheet of every mutant ever. And I want a sketch card featuring every mutant ever. Uh, and right now, my list of mutants, and this is nowhere near complete, I'm up to on the checklist just under 600 mutants that exist uh and i'm not even halfway there so this is a multi-year you know project it may never end because they keep adding new mutants every year yeah. so yeah. they never catch up which is fine uh it's fun to have something to chase you know matt is such a baller that he's starting to make his own checklist i just want that statement to be thrown out there <laughs> Well, Matt might, you know, yeah, I and I'm in the same boat as Ian. When I first got into sketch cards, I was doing primarily APs because I couldn't find the character because he was banned. So I was primarily doing APs. And then I kept I had nothing to do with the artist at all. I kept finding something wrong with it and I would hype it up in my head and it would finally get to me and it wouldn't be. It just, you know, I have maybe two or three APs that are so special to me and so, you know, so amazing that I have, I have completely in love with them. But I've otherwise than that, I've like traded them for other surfers or, you know, other surfer con uh, collectors that contacted me asking for them and stuff like that. And, you know, I've let them go to get the sketches to pry them out of the hands of other people. Um, but, you know, the thing is that that Matt's underplaying here is that Matt probably has the best eye mm. in sketch card collecting that I've ever seen. I've seen Matt's full list. I've seen Matt's some of Matt's sketch cards. I grow old by the time I got through them all. And <laughs> they are all, I mean, Matt has a great eye. He has a great eye for archival cuts. He has a great eye for the sketch cards. And I've seen Hobbit, Star Wars. I've seen his other stuff. And his Rick and Morty collections crazy beautiful i mean the pieces i keep seeing you throw up are just all clean i mean nice pieces nice pieces um so i, I don't want to undersell matt's eye but matt also has a way with artists man like honestly it's, it's really amazing what you're doing i love this collection so much matt you might have to be the artist whisperer that could be in the episode title <laughs> i think it has to be to be honest <laughs> You know, I, I I love it as a concept. I think you're giving me way too much credit. You know, I, I've always said, you know, as long as you know the artists and know their strengths and play to it, you know, you're going to be happy with what you get. So, but, uh, but that in itself is a philosophy that a lot of people just don't necessarily. It might it sounds simple, but it's one of those things. It's so simple that that you kind of don't. I mean, the, what I did on the last, on the AP I did recently is I saw a black cat that the artist had done on a different set. And I was, I, I, it may, maybe it's not, I don't know, but I, maybe I beat myself up too much thinking about it. But um, I sat there rocking to myself for quite a few hours before I decided, fuck it, I'm going to ask him. And I was like, I'm just going to ask him to recreate that exact black cat just on a different stock. 
because I liked what I'd done there. And I was like, oh, well, I want that. But I can't have that card because it belongs to someone else. So, you know, recreate it for me. And, um, and yeah, so and it, that actually might be the way I go um, for, for future APs. Because, like I said, you know, if I see it done and I like it, that's fine. But I can't do the whole thing where I have it in my head first. I just can't do that. It just doesn't come to me. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think even, and I think that's another reason I do lean on the artists. I mean, I'm, I'm an accountant by trade, so I am very much a numbers guy. I know what I like. I have a rough idea in my head, but I, I can't get to that final, okay, I want this specific comp- uh, composition. It's just so rare for me. So, yes, mm-hmm. I, I completely understand what you're saying there. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll also say, uh, and, and Norn, I appreciate what you said. Uh, I'll definitely uh, give a call out to both Jeff Fenwick and uh, F. Booth, who uh, <laughs> always post I mean, such amazing cards, and and F Booth especially. You know, Fenwick's been doing the the pass the baton for so long, and, and sharing his amazing cards. But F Booth recently has really been posting a lot and getting uh, engaged in the community. I think that's, he started to open up a little bit. He's yeah. really nice. He's really. I've known him for for a while now, and we were talking about you know. I told him what Fenwick was doing and stuff like that, and um, yeah. So he started, you know, not because of me, not because I was talking, but I remember before he started like going at it, I was like, dude, you should see these sketch cards that are coming through the group between Matt and uh, Fenwick, uh, between Fuller and Fenwick. It's just insane how amazing because it's just been great, right? We're seeing characters, we're seeing artists, and things are being shared, and people are getting to be like, oh man, this is crazy i didn't know sketch cards could be this right and i think that's really important you know what i mean a lot of times we don't get to define what sketch cards are because you know they do go to black holes which is okay too and i'm not critiquing that i'm just saying that for the hobby i think it is important that we understand the evolution of it you know what i mean instead of missing certain bits and pieces of the history of, of sketch cards which i've always admired um but f booth was there and i was telling f booth i was like man your shit's good bro <laughs> i think f booth was like mm-hmm. <laughs> and then kind of thought about it um and started sharing cards more but yeah his stuff is just phenomenal too i mean well, really really the show if he'll come we sh- i'm gonna ask him he's ask I, him. I think he's He's more on the quiet side, but I'm gonna. Ha- I'm happily, ha- happily to ask him. Got to get Fenwick too. Funny enough, well, I, I'd be happy to have either of those two fine fellas. I mean, yeah. F F Booth. Um, if you listen, hello. Um, <laughs> it's. Um, He's been my nemesis since I started in sketch cards because he was the guy who oh. the top-end black cats when I was actually spending money on trying to get top-end black cats. And then I, I quickly realized I couldn't actually swim in that lane. I was swimming in the fast lane. I was like, nah, you need to move over to the slow lane, big boy, because you, uh, your credit card's groaning. Um, it took me a few <laughs> years to realize that that wasn't a healthy way to be. Anyway, um, but but yeah, so and and when it went back in the scoundrel days, you know, I was like, I was struggling to get them. It's because he always snaffled them up, you know, when K and J sports cards were doing their breaks or, you know, uh, whoever else was doing the breaks on scoundrel. Were you on scoundrel, Matt? You must've been. Yes. Yes. But I was almost at the time exclusively to the, uh, Lord of the Rings subholders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's probably why I, I didn't see you around. I mean, I, I, there's a few people I can remember from those days. I remember the guy who was big into Nova. Was it Dean? 
Yes, Dean. He was really big into Nova, um, and I think he's—I think he's in the groups, and he occasionally posts something. Uh, but he had the most incredible character collection of Nova, um, and it was like, mind-boggling um, the number that he had. Um, and um, I'm just trying to think who else. There, there were quite a few people who I'm sure that we know now on, on in in the world of Facebook, being that forum for, for, for stuff, who we just don't realise was such and such back in scoundrel days um but the the, the exception to that is f booth because that's his name on <laughs> scoundrel. yeah he's moved it over you know, all the way he's yeah, on sketch like, collectors you he's know on all of it, and yeah. i don't know if that's his real name or or, or, or what but um but yeah he, he's a he's a he he or even she i don't know I, i'm assuming it's a fella no it's, um, it's a he i know his name i've it's sent a man of mystery and now i can't remember <laughs> absolute man of mystery <laughs> i can't um, keep track of it and no, um, yeah and uh, you know and some you know as as we touched on you know some collectors like to be that you know they just you know like to keep their their their, their dry as it were um and you know that which is absolutely fine but what i'm loving about mccw and the and the past the baton or baton um you say baton i say baton let's call the whole thing off um is the fact that it is encouraging people to say you know what you know i can share it and i don't think i've ever seen anyone pounce on a past the baton post and say are you selling it can you trade it you know generally speaking it doesn't happen i think that's what people were afraid might happen and 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 it's not happened at all you know um in fact i think there's a general appreciation and a respect for those collectors um, yeah which is absolutely wonderful to see yeah. um and you know there's some newer sketch collectors like Andy Kerr who've he's got an amazing great, uh, great collection yeah, great. Um, and uh, some others as well so you know I've got a lot lot, lot of time for you guys do, do you touch anything other than sketch cards I mean you know you used to do autographs uh, occasionally yes um, you know for Marvel 80th, I went for a full master set, uh, and you know, in my typical OCD fashion, I went in hard. Where I got every comic cut, one of every comic cut, one of every signed comic cut. Uh, made sure I had one of each character on the sketch side, one of each artist on the sketch side, uh, and then all of the base parallel and achievements. Nice. Wow. So, Nice. Yeah, but I, I've decided I'm not going to do that again for a while. It was great. I'm <laughs> glad I did it. But especially when you get down to those 105 signed autographs that oh, I had one that I was chasing for months just to finally get. So wow. that's always a challenge. A party in Matt's house when that happened, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I Marvel 80th is, funny enough, I went in big on that and i actually only had the set arrive yesterday so i've got everything here apart from my comic cuts um i bailed on the signed ones um but the regular ones i think there's 55 of the regular ones i think i'm up to 35 now maybe so i kind of feel like i'm over the home straight and that and it's the set that i'm the deepest into in terms of actually pushing for completion that i've ever been on any set weirdly enough um i I still don't have a black cat on the black cat sketch stock um which which pains me massively um because i'd I'd really like one of those um but in terms of the sketch you might be in terms of the comic cuts you you might know this actually matt so i'm going to ask you there are two of them in particular um that are new mutants focused that are held 
by an EPAC user. And I think their user ID is something that says, all mine, not yours, or something like yes, that. for me, and, not you. Yeah, that's right. And I, I just need one of each of, of, of that one for my for my comic clippings collection. So much so that I've, I've kind of stopped acquiring others. Because I'm like, if I can't get those, I'll never have a complete set. So we can talk offline. I know I have extras of at least one of the two. Oh. Uh, and if not, I know who that is. Oh, um, we can talk I could offline. Tell you offline. Yes. I don't think they would be offended because um, uh, they're a super friendly guy. Yeah. Um, so I could make that intro if needed. Oh, you're beautiful. You're a beautiful man. And when we talk to person redacted later, um, we will. We will. <laughs> so who knows what will happen? Stay tuned, folks. Um, sorry, that was just randomly came into my head. I didn't mean to That's kind so of bring fun. that up in the middle of an episode. Yeah, and I knew exactly what you were going to say because there are certain roadblocks in there. And on the sketch side, Hellstorm is the roadblock because there is one guy who collects every single one of them. And I was just Whoa. lucky that I happened to pack pull one of them that I could keep. And I know who that is because that, that yes. particular fella, because I pulled in my first box of uh, Marvel 80th, I pulled a Hailstorm sketch. Um, and within minutes, he'd hit me up. And um, I don't know if he listens. Um, so I'm going to... SOS fan? I think, I think he might. I know him as well. Yeah. 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 Um, he... Um, he did me. He did me a trade, and Norrin, you'll know this. He did me that purple black cat. Oh yes, and two greens that he mailed to you, and that's, that's how right. much he wanted this. So he massively Good overpaid. For him. Um, and even at the time when when Flew October Spider Man PMG prices hadn't gone nuts. That was incredible. It's still uh, a lot. I mean, like, but yeah. that's how you do it, man. Like, I yeah. have mad respect for that. I've never, I've never, God, I hope I never, but I know the next Fantastic Four set, something with Surfer, I might lose my shit. But I really, really hope I don't. I don't want to be that. I can't do it. It's so I'm like so stressed out by the possibility of me being like tempted to do that kind of master set thing. But I'm very much hoping not to. Hoping not to. But yeah, I remember that. That was a lovely trade, man. It but that's a, how you it do was, it. It was a lovely trade, you know. Um, that's how you lock good. it down. But though. that's the thing about character collectors is character collectors. Not all of them will do so, but but some people will make a character collector overpay because they know they can. Um, oh you know, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you. I'm sure you've overpaid for something. Me? Um, no, I'm cheap as hell. I don't tell people my ceiling. No, I'm just kidding. No, I've overpaid <laughs> on everything. I don't give a. Shit. Honestly, here's the thing for me because and look, and people always you know talk about modern Marvel and how expensive everything getting and everything is getting very expensive. I hundred percent sympathetic and I get it. But you kind of have to like pick and choose your battles, man. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not over here trying to collect all the 90 sets and build up master things with master prints and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? I'm not like. I, 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 you have to like kind of say, okay, that way, if the surfer sketch card comes up that I really want and someone who I've been, you know, asking every six months, Hey, how's it going? What's going up? And finally they're like, yeah, 600 bucks. If you want it, I, I can't be like, I'd be like, would you do 350? You know what I mean? Cause yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Like what, what kind of ass am I for like asking yeah. all these years and then going to bargain with the guy? Yeah. So 
you know, you have to pick and choose. You have to put a little money to the side and, and wait for the good stuff and have faith that it's going to come up. Mm. You know, but that, I just, mean, you sort of nailed the dark side of character collecting, which is why oh, I'm yeah. sort of glad my focus is quote unquote mutants. So I have a broad swath. You know, I, I see some cards on eBay, you know, an Omega Red, that if it was any other character, it's it's a fine sketch, but it's it's a seventy-five dollar sketch. But you know that person knows Jonathan exists and it's up at three hundred bucks. And you see that sort of I don't want to say taking advantage because it, but it, <laughs> it's, it's true. It, it's, it, and it's you know, same thing. Like I saw, um, what's the character Phantom Ghost Rider, that very specific oh, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you see that on eBay. Like, you see, like, why is this so expensive? And then you're like, oh, that's right. So and so collects this. It's like, oh, uh-huh. this, is, mm-hmm. this sucks. But you know, those. Uh, those people get burned, though, man. You know how yeah. many people have, like, got APs done? for the surfer and then no joke i'm not kidding you they show it in the group like hey check it out blah 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 it's really cool (laughs) and then like a couple weeks later in my it pops up in my dms my messages and they're like yo man i don't know if you saw i got this really cool sketch you want it for 700 dollars?" and i'm there like (laughs) the artist charged you 50 um i know that because i know the artist and i look at the sketch and i always have the best time and i just text back i'm like yeah it's cool and that's it. That's all I say. <laughs> I say, yeah, it's cool. And that's it. I just let it go. It's the oh, best thing in like the world. Like a cat toying with its prey. Oh, I'm a horrible person. Deep down, I am this terrible person. No, um, yeah, I mean, you have to be, I don't know. That's, you know, for me, though, I don't collect every Silver Surfer sketch card. And I remember talking to Ian about this and Matt, funny enough. And, like, I won't do that. I won't go down that road. Because that that is having that one hundred percent everyone like Matt doesn't have to worry because it's mutants you know what I mean like mm-hmm. good luck trying to figure out what Matt's you know Matt Matt can get anything he wants because he, he has the eye he he knows the artist so yeah. that's never going to work on him you know what I mean and Ian's just as picky as I am so you know I think if anybody goes the whole like trying to tease out a character collect a collector you know I think it's going to backfire most yeah, of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it really is going to backfire. Well, I, I, you know, my my view on that now is if I see something in in price jail, as I call it, I'm just like, you know what? That's a good one. Leave it there. You know, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I am. There's 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 one there's one particular seller on eBay who, who I won't mention, but um um who massively overprices stuff, and it's sat there year in year out. I mean, listen, it's their card; they can do what they want with it. They can poke it up their bum for all I care, but um, but I'm not going to pay that much for it. So you know, and I'll just wait, and I'm, you know, I'll get it somewhere else. So, um, the beauty like of bullying packs yeah. in the group right now too is that yes. trading is the answer to that, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And it seems like and maybe EPAX did it, maybe it's just people getting comfortable in the groups. Like trades, I think, are becoming much, much more common. And, mm. you know, I love it. I mean, uh, I have done, I've probably traded, well, just with Andy, uh, he and I have done two trades of almost 100 cars each. I know, I saw. have done some, wow. some massive swaps. Um, and I think as long as you're open on it and are realistic mm. about comparative values, it's, it, trading is just so easy um, yeah and it's a way for those character collectors like uh, i traded some omegas to jonathan um some 
ghost riders, you know, and and I try to do that. And and I think everyone in the group has been great about not going crazy in terms of their value. There's only one person who's I've ever run into who's there's one who grossly overvalues theirs even in terms of trade and just won't budge. So they overvalue theirs and undervalue yours. Uh, and there's there's just one person in the group who just lowballs everything. Well, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them. Examples. We'll talk about them off there. <laughs> other than those two examples, the group has just been phenomenal. And it's all, you know what? I like this card, you like that card. And even for me, the, there was one trade. I looked on eBay. Okay, I could maybe based on comps get 100 bucks for this mm-hmm. the card you're offering looks like it's on 60 for ebay but but you know what i like it you like this yeah i'm not gonna get crazy over an unrealized loss on paper right oh yeah. i could have sold that for yeah i could have but it could it would have been a hassle and then maybe you wouldn't have sold it to me for cash if i'm getting what i want and you're getting what you want that's all that matters to me. One hundred percent. But that's what you do, right? I mean, and we're very lucky. We're very like we joke around about there being problems in the groups here and there, and like little dramas and spats or whatever. But we're really lucky, man, because there's a lot of good people, and we're surrounded oh, yeah. by good people. Awful, okay. Like I keep, I keep the same twenty, same ten to fifteen people around me constantly, and always go to them first for anything because, like, <laughs> my yeah, well, it's got to be you rolling them the always with everyone you know kind of I mean? fanned out behind you. <laughs> <laughs> that reservoir you know, music class. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you know, but that's what you do. You know, you find you find you find your peeps. You know what I mean? I think the group's really good about everyone. Everyone very much always tries to help people in the group and be good to everybody else. I feel you know we're really lucky. I think if we found a good good group of people for well, sure. Well, this is this is a, a a nice point to to segue slightly. So um, at, at the top of the episode I mentioned that Matt had how, how long have you been in the groups I mean there's only a finite amount of time you could have been in the groups because they didn't exist um, three years ago so so I started the first one on April 2018 and then Masterpieces started a couple of months later I want to say so we're coming up three years how, I don't remember a time before you were around Matt um, I, I was probably mid 2019 I want to say um, and I was you know my first few months I was pretty quiet it took me a little while to be like okay you know i was still relatively new even though i had a lot of cards i would just buy what i liked i didn't know a lot of the history so it took me a while i wanted to make sure i really knew what i was talking about before i opened my mouth Mm -hmm. um which is weird because i don't do that in the rest of my life i just yeah (laughs) (laughs) weirdly i should do that in the rest of my life but i don't generally no i'm the opposite generally speaking I, I I probably say too much on on, on Facebook and, and and not enough in, in, in real life. Um, so, so now you know you very kindly um, when we put we put out we we put up the bat signal. I guess <laughs> what, what, what's the Marvel equivalent of the bat signal? Is there one? Spidey, Spidey's got a Spidey signal. Oh yeah, I suppose. Okay, but it's, it's a stretch. Cool. But I just yeah, I know, what you mean. I know no, what you mean. the Fantastic Four did. Right. Oh, in the sky. Yes, right. Yeah, with the four. Right, okay. So there we go. So Johnny, uh, whatever his name is. Johnny Storm. Storm, there we go. I was going to say Johnny Blaze, but that's someone else. Um, goes okay. up in the sky, does the four in the sky, and uh, we needed some, because it's just Norrin and I, and we, then we had um, Tommy and uh, Kevin come in. I mean, we were just like, there's so many people in the group. We are like, okay, who, who else wants to come in and, and help? 
know, join as a moderator in the group. And and Matt put his hand up and said, "How long would it take, roughly, per day?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, trying to suss out um, what what was going on, and I, 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 kind of, I kind of explain. <laughs> um, and 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 duck to water, I would say. How have you ever done that before in terms of community management in in any sort of form on online, Facebook or otherwise? Not online, you know, part of, you know, I have always, um, like I said, I'm an accountant by trade, but I have always worked in small companies. So HR has always sort of fallen on me. Uh, so I've sort of had to pick up that um, negotiation tactic and sort of talking people off ledges. Uh, so I think that has served me well, but no, never sort of in a, in a forum and even, you know, scoundrel and blowout were really the only two forums before that and you know, scoundrel was at the end of its life there where it was just you know you know lots of gatekeeping and people yelling and i know best so this was a refreshing change of pace mm -hmm. so how have you find it kind of peeping behind the curtain and seeing some of the cause we haven't had many we've had a few kind of uh, small fires to put out, I guess, uh, for various reasons, because not everyone gets along all the time, and sometimes people do bad shit. You know, we've had a couple of people, you know, we've had one fellow who, who took some money from people and never sent them their cards and, you know, disappeared, um, which happens, you know, unfortunately. It's the only time it's happened in, in our groups. How have you found it, just, just generally seeing... I think it's, you know, it's been a great experience. What what I was most worried about going in was gatekeeping, because I think that's the most challenging aspect mm -hmm. to deal with in a group. Uh, and we are, you know, let's be honest, we're a very male-dominated hobby. Mm -hmm. um, so I was worried uh, that we might have issues there. But thankfully, I have not seen one instance i think this has been um you know partially because i think we're very careful and curating and with the questions so i have never uh, run into an instance of that i think i've only seen one instance where somebody was reported uh just for uh, a word they used uh so i no, no real issues there like you said a lot of it's just it's people management and it's yeah you know sort of internet fights um, and trying to get ahead of those and to make sure we're listening to all sides of a story I mean it I mean it is challenging because I think people treat us as if we're these you know customer service managers they, they sort of expect the same for us that they expect from James and the community service reps at upper deck mm -hmm. and it's like yes but they're paid right we're we're doing this as a favor to our fellow community members um, and the good news is I think most people get that every once yeah. in a while I think yeah. people are, are yeah. a little pushy around that but you know I've been pleasantly surprised in terms of when people have had disagreements that at least on the surface they're always at the end saying okay i understand people mm. have apologized to each other i've only seen a few instances where people have just flat out said this is crazy i'm out of here um so yeah i think overall it's been great i think the biggest problem we've had is just sales posts and just the drama that comes around a lot of those you know and you know i i, I didn't have time to get the t-shirt made uh but i was going to say pm for prices um, <laughs> that's, that's the bane of our existence right now um, yeah, and, and, 
you nailed it again, which is exactly a lot of people are like, well, this is a stupid rule that nobody else has. Well, yes. And here's why. And it's because, look, mm-hmm. every once in a while, there is a bad apple. Take advantage. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. our goal is, you know, we want to assume that won't happen. But these rules are there so that, A, buyers and sellers won't get uh, ripped off. Uh, and B, more honestly for the sellers to make yeah. sure that yeah. they're not preyed upon. You know, when someone comes and says, hey, I've got this card. What's it worth? We, the three of us know that by, by the time that hits the two minute mark, they've yeah. got 10 p.m.s. Yes. Uh, with offers, right? And yes. again, it's not everyone, but there are 100% some members who they know it's a $300 card and they're going to send a $25 offer to try yep. and. Oh, yeah, of course. No. And like 100%. I was in. I was in the Star Wars group to get that sketch that I showed you, Matt. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I, you know, that that went up and everybody was like, what? And jammed on, you know, ran to the guy and PM'd him. And I was guilty of it, too. Of course, PMing him be like, hey, what do you think? What do you want to do for it or whatever? <laughs> uh, it wasn't a price post. It was just that he pulled it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you need that kind of rule because – Here's the thing, right? The seller is the person that needs to do the research and put a price on it. You know what I mean? Because that's the thing that always happens, right? They don't know what it costs, and then they're going to get taken advantage of. And the sad part is that, you know, if the other person comes out and they're like, well, you want 154, and the person's like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's a good day for the seller, bad day for the buyer. Uh, bad day for the seller, good day for the buyer. You know what I mean? But then you have the issue of also like, price wars right pm me the price and then all of a sudden a price is being shopped around to the collectors yeah you want to give me five but this guy says eight and then who knows if they're being honest and then it goes back and forth and then something that was like five hundred dollars on ebay is now turning Mm -hmm. into a fifteen hundred dollar piece yeah you know what i mean it's it's horrible you know i think i do think pm for the price and there are deals that i always want to keep secret because you know i don't want you know, I'd like to get a deal on something sometimes too. And I don't want to, you know what I mean? Pay full price if someone doesn't want full price and I can be honest, you know what I mean? That's honest, but it's good Facebook practice to do PM. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. just, you have to, you have to know what you're selling. You have to list, you have to do the research. You know what I mean? You just have to. And, and there are definitely some of those sellers who post valuation prices that are just, it's just they yeah. know what it's worth and they're fishing for someone who will overpay. So it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, the interesting thing, you know, when I, it's always been from, from day one, um, I was like, you know, you can't be PMing to do deals. You've got to keep them on comments because uh, the other thing as well is when there's multiple people after a, a rare or one of one item, you don't know who's got it, you know, which is why I say keep it on comments. Then you can see the timestamp of the comments. If someone claims it and then someone else claims it 30 seconds later, you know, it's very easy to see who was first. Um, and you also know it's sold, you know, rather than it, rather than disappear. But I actually took that cause I, um, um, it's kind of talking about changing collecting journeys. I'm I'm about to step off this train, but I'm surrounded by retro video games. You know, I that's that was the kind of thing. You know, I was I was basically trying to do too much and collect too much, and now I'm focused on on, on the cards. So 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to be parting with the majority of my retro video game collection. Now, retro video games, you know, there are some very rare games, but none of them are one of ones. But there are some games where there are maybe only, you know, I think there's a Lakers versus Celtics, uh, an electronic arts game for the Sega Mega Drive, which is mm-hmm. one that you need for the full master set of PAL Sega Mega Drive, you called it Genesis, um, set, which is over 500 games. Now, on Sega Mega Drive, I got up to about 300 titles, so I was getting pretty spicy, you know, I was getting close to it. <laughs> but, you know, all the ones left were the really difficult ones, all the really rare ones. Anyway, in all the um, retro video game groups, and especially the, the, the Sega, what was it called? Sega, Galaxy Sega, that's right. So I'm still in it, but I don't post there anymore, and I'm not even looking at their posts on Facebook, because it's kind of I'm I'm done now. You know, I've I've had that little go. Um and I'm I'm on cards now. But um if anyone PM'd or there was any suggestion of it, they would boot immediately, both the seller and the buyer. Gone from the group. So that you know, we're pretty lenient on that in that regard, in that it's there. I mean, I think I've maybe booted two or three people. Um over the time that the group's been on. In fact, you know, sometimes I just get a bit pissed off and I'm like, Fuck it, you just clearly did a PM deal. So um, you, you're gone, you're out of here because I'll be having a bad day at the office. Um, but, um, but you know, people query it, after, you know, quite often. And it's like, well, this is kind of, A, this is the way it is. You know, this is, you know, although it is a big community, it's not a democracy. You know, th- these are the rules and they're not changing. Um and I guess that must be the most difficult thing. It's like, okay, this is the way it runs. It runs that way for a reason because it's it's kind of fair to everyone. It's as open as it can be. It offers a, a little bit of protection in case someone does do a naughty on someone. But also, you know, it's 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 open, and people seem to respect that. I find. Yeah. yeah no, I I agree. I think most people do. I mean, I mean, we have one or two people. We've sort of got our. Uh, the hairy eyeball on, I think we, <laughs> we suspect. Hairy eyeball. Um, I yeah. love that. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, the other one that's the bane of my existence that I haven't seen in a while is, oh, I'm interested, right? No, you're you're oh. either claiming it or you're not, yeah. right? Interested. Oh, that's shady. Interested. Yeah. 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 If you post it's like it. so, just kind of getting that common language for everyone. It's like, mm. no, if you want it, say claimed yeah simple as that yeah that's not cool man i haven't seen that that's horrible oh yeah 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 no we had we had an instance where someone thought they claimed it because they said that and they clearly that doesn't indicate that you want the item at all i'm interested what the hell is that yeah cindy crawford circa 1994 doesn't mean to say i'm ever gonna you know that's ever gonna happen for me um but uh does you know yeah Wow. So, no way. Fun stuff. But yeah, the, on the whole, I think the moderation has been a, a very positive experience. Even when people have come with issues, I think everyone's been very respectful. Um, I think there have been some times where people wanted, you know, had an issue and, and wanted us to see it their way, and maybe we didn't. And I think in most cases, people understand that and you know don't think it's you know no one takes it personally as far as i can see it's you know we try to we make the best decisions we can based on the circumstances and 
you know, how we interpret it and what the group rules are. And, you know, we can't always make everyone happy, but the goal is to keep the community healthy. And yeah, it seems like it's been working well two plus years now. Well, yeah. you know, well, uh, I, think so. I think so. One thing I do find, um, I don't know about you, Norin, is because obviously we do the podcast and, you know, people see us posting and, you know, we're in, we're in the groups. You know, I often find I have to kind of arm's length a little bit sometimes because of the volume of people that, 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 you know, I'll wake up some mornings and I've got between 8 and 12 p.m.s from people yep. asking stuff and asking me, which is fine. You know, I'm absolutely happy to help. But you know, at a certain point, it comes, you know, you know, I've actually got, got to do stuff. You know, I've got life. You know, I've got a wife, I've got a family. You know, you've got to, got to spend some time doing that. So um, sometimes it can be overwhelming. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that you're with us on that team because, you know, it kind of shares that a little bit for for people and it you know gives us the opportunity to not be overwhelmed by it it's 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 it's, it's great uh, i love i love that we, you know we've done the group and it's not <laughs> it beats hot mopping you know i'm not, I'm not complaining on, on on that on that front you know and you know i i chose to start the group and no one chose to come in with me and double down on it all so um you paid but it's, wait what what are we talking about here? <laughs> no just kidding Did that no, yeah. check, I'm, I'm very that grateful you brought me count. on that check the third party out of state check. Yeah. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, Matt. You know, I literally, I literally couldn't Seriously. do it without you, you and the other guys. So, you know, yeah, it help. Really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, can we talk about our intro artist? Because um, before we before we um, started i showed and i need to get some more of these so any artists listening and in fact matt i'm going to hit you up afterwards for some contacts because i know you're in touch with an awful lot of people uh, our intro <laughs> matt's run away to get something i know what he's getting. Uh, i showed matt a list of all the artist intro files we have the audio files and he 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 went down the list and he was like right yeah that young fella i've got a few things um in, in the works with him right now so and this young man was intro artist way back on episode 32 but he was kind of just getting in the game at that point uh but he has now kind of established himself as as very much um very much a collective favorite and his work is amazing um and it's it's improved so much since i last kind of eyeballed it so marlo martos uh, or uh, Marlo underscore Lopez underscore Martos on Instagram. It'll all be in the tasting notes. Um, is uh, this week's intro artist. Um, and he's, I mean, I'm scrolling down his Instagram feed and I can see one card there that I'm pretty sure is probably yours, uh, Matt. Because <laughs> um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a magic and is that the bear behind her? Yes, I think you've probably acquired that even if... Um, <laughs> so so tell me of your your current journey with this young fine fellow uh, so marlo has done already quite a few uh aps for me as well as some of the pack pulls uh and what really i mean first of all his art is just top shelf so that alone would have made him a favorite yeah. but what wow. i'll show you here is he goes so far above and beyond to delight his customer so when he sent me my first round of ap's there were some marvel premiere ap's he creates a custom box oh. to put them in. 
Uh, and on the front, he has the pencil work in progress. On the back, he has the ink work in process. Uh, and he packages the sketch card inside of here. Uh, and again, it's just when you open that, it just, it just changes the experience. Um, so, yeah. And he, this one in particular, it's a, it's a two part. AP, uh, and he designed it in such a way so that whichever way you line them up, the little details sync up on both ends. Oh, wow. So it's Whoa. continuous either way, yeah. Like a, like a sketch palindrome, is that the word? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah, it's so... It, Holy you know, hell! Again, just, <laughs> such little... I've never heard of such a thing. Smart, yeah, man. I had neat. I did, I, believe me, I did not ask for it, and it was there, and I... I wow. couldn't believe it. worked wonderfully. Yep. That's and he's, inspired. Uh, I want to say, let's see, he's working on several for me right now. Let's go to the Oh, Marlo. Wow. Um, so there are some people who, uh, I know one, one complaint I did get, uh, but it's personally to me and not to the group, is uh, I do get a lot of APs from people. So Marlo is actually working on 13 APs for me right now across <laughs> one, two, three, four um, And I know some people say, oh, you know, you should let them share their APs. And sorry, I'm a greedy pig. What can I say? Um, I love the guy's work. Uh, so, yes, I think all in all, once these are done, I'll have well over 20 from Marlowe. I just, again, oh, wow. he's been a revelation uh, for one of the newer artists. So. Wow. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I've got one by him. He sent me, he sent me um, a black cat that he'd just done as part of his kind of submission to Upper Deck. To get the gig, oh, nice. and, yep. yeah. So it's not actually um, uh, on official stock. It's just kind of on a thin card, and it's slightly taller than a, a regular trading card, so it doesn't quite fit in the um, in the pocket. And he, he sent that to me way back when we. I think I've shown it to you, Noren. Um, I think you I'll, have. I'll, I'm trying I'll to remember. It it. Well, you know what? It, any excuse to open my case. This is oh, always Noren's favorite part of the show. Um, so I'm going in. Going in, people. Um, I've got to remember which one's which. I should mark them, actually. Is this one? Did you hear how annoying that was, Matt? Did you hear the briefcase? <laughs> he loves it. Yeah, right. He loves it. That's a satisfying he, click right there. It is a satisfying click. And what, what I want to do is get one of those big-ass lamps in there, like they're doing fiction. Uh, those submission cards can actually be very collectible over time. Um, I ended up not grabbing it myself, but, uh, Norn, you've been into Star Wars, so you may be familiar with uh, artist Len Bellinger. Uh, he's yes. wild popular contemporary artist uh, doing scenes, doing uh, gallery shows all the time in New York, and he did a lot of Lord of the Rings and Star Wars art, and wow. you know, his just submission cards were, are in the hundred, five, six hundred dollars just to get one of those. Wow. So it's actually on quite, quite thin paper. I had no idea. Wow, that's, oh, that's cool. nice. Um, and you can see how thin it is when you see the inks coming through on the back. Wow. Um, but yeah, there's just a little note. Here's a little something to add to your collection. Your friend from the Philippines. Oh. Just, just on a separate piece of paper that I'll just keep behind it. So Marlo, 
Um, thank you from oh, me uh, for that. Thank you from Matt, clearly for <laughs> for the uh, for the work. Well, he should be thanking you, I guess, because um, you're keeping him in 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 tea and biscuits for for the foreseeable future. So tea and biscuits. So yeah. Well, you know, well whatever whatever he I has. I love for it. Snacks. No, no, I love it. I love so it. <laughs> maybe he doesn't have tea and biscuits. Um, do you want to see me open something, fellas? Do you want to oh, see me open oh, something? Boy. Um, so I've been fooled before. What specifically are you opening? I'm I'm sat down, <laughs> so it's not my fly. Um, okay. It's okay. <laughs> I got this poster tube um, this oh. week, uh, which has been uh, a long time coming. Actually, it was mailed on the uh, 16th of February, and it arrived uh, three days ago. And oh. it is from Dimitris Patelis. Uh, Dimitri Patelis, rather. Um, uh, who, who is he? I hear you cry. Well, if you don't know who he is, he's one of the four artists. And uh, hey, Norin's like, snap. Um, this, uh, so I have a feeling Norin's got the same item as me. Uh, Dimitri, very, very, very kindly on MMC Marvel Masterpiece Collectors at the end of the last year when you know everyone's had a really crap year i'm going to do a giveaway 10 people um and i'll send a print of one of my um uh, i believe they're masterpieces 95 uh, paintings uh, i'll send a print of those and um so yeah of course loads of people said yes and at the end of it dimitri said you know what i'm going to give away a lot more and he did this off his own coin he didn't you know he didn't have to do it um and um, so what I have here is a wow it's absolutely stunning it's huge as well um, and I'll put a picture of this up on the tasting notes I went for and he offered 10 characters I went for the Silver Surfer um, so no that way. Uh, well I, I got it and I was like you know what you know at the very and you've got one as well marvellous okay. Omega our boy right. Omega sent it to me both of us did it for the same reason I think both of us were like, oh, let's get it for Norrin. <laughs> and, then, and you know, nice. one of us will win. And of course, we both won. Um, but he signed the bottom of it. But I don't actually have a surfer piece at all. I have it's lovely. No, I have no artwork by surfer. If that's the first and last artwork I get for Silver Surfer, I'm a happy man. It's sick, man. I think I just is such a good piece. It's beautiful. Such a good uh, piece. And, and they look great. Yeah, signed them, right? at the bottom. Um, so, Dimitri, uh, thank you. That's that's so absolutely nice. amazing. Uh, that a picture of that will be on the tasting notes. Um, and uh, Matt, you've done a few giveaways, giveaways in the group as well. You were you had a oh, bit yeah. of philanthropy recently. Um, what's this? So, uh, so many days of um, was it Curtis? You said. Yep, the 12 Days of Curtis. Uh, Curtis was a collector back from the scoundrel days. Uh, He was 501 Blues. Uh, He passed away in 2016, I believe. Um, And then in late 2019, uh, I was introduced to his mother, who was looking to sell his collection. Uh, So I took that on uh, and was doing... uh, I did that over... Close to a year, yep. Norrin ended up with one of the blob cards that was from his collection, yep. Uh, and then uh, one of the things she sent me as a thank you was a set of oversized um, sketches uh, that were by Tony Perna, some prelims that That's he right. had done. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, 
uh, for some of his artwork. Uh, so I thought rather than keep those for myself, it would be nice as a sort of memorial to Curtis to give those away. So we did various, you know, random drawings. I think we did a haiku contest. Tried to tried to keep it interesting uh, rather than just you know post a reply and I'll do a random drawing. So. Mate, Definitely. I love it that you did that so much, man. You have no idea. I have to say, the the haiku one, I, I absolutely loved, and I, I've got, I've got mine saved here. Um, I'm going to find it, and I, I, I'm I'm you know I won't lie to you. I'm I'm a little bit upset that, uh, <laughs> that this one didn't win. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I, I say I say I've got it. I can't actually find it now. Uh, my I phone is. I can't believe that. Yeah, let me just have a look. I'm trying to re- I'm trying to remember. It. Here we go. Right, so this one's called. Uh, this is my. This was my hi- haiku. My Felicia, why sultry dressed on rooftops? You'll catch your death, dear. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the problem when you open it up to the masses. No, you know, I don't. There's no accounting. Opinions get thrown out there. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but uh, but no, thank you for doing that. We've got we've got a wonderful thing going on at the moment where people have started to do paid forward posts as well, where they've started to do giveaways, and um, within five days of of that, they need to do their own giveaway. So it kind of keeps it going. And I think Peggy Pinette um, started that one. Um, what what are you getting That's there, right. Norrin? That's right. What huh? are you getting? What are you getting? Oh, you, I got the. I, I had to. <laughs> I had to get the blob out, and I'm putting the blob back in where it was blogging. My mistake. Okay, and the sketch. I was trying to do on the DL, huh? And the sketch. The sketch is here. Oh, I was show, I was showing Matt. <laughs> I think that went completely over. What did I do? Sorry, I wasn't. You were talking about it. getting your blob out, but wow. Yeah, I went there. Wow. I went there. I don't I know why there. I doubted that 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 would be where we go, but no. here we are. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I would have been disappointed if we hadn't gone there. No, very we, true. We we definitely do go there. Uh, Matt Fuller, um, uh, you're you're an incredible individual. Thank you for um, agreeing to come on and just chat about your collection. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't think I've got anything left to ask or say or or overshare. Or overshare, I love it. I'll have yeah. to offline. Uh, I'll share you my uh, my own black cat uh, collection. I, I, I was just looking. Wrapped. I I have a few. So. Mm, I know. I I've have seen, a few. <laughs> I've seen them wept. Um, uh, any any time, oh, yeah. any any one of your cast offs, sir, I'd be happy to give a home to. I, <laughs> Ian's home for stray cats. Um, but yeah, that's what you should call your collection. Actually, it's actually that's pretty good. That's not that's bad. That's a good one. Yeah. I like it. I'll, I'll work on that one. I'll work on that one. Uh, Matt Fuller, thank you very much indeed. Uh, thank you, brother. You know what we say? We know what we say at the end of one Absolutely. of these. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, and enjoy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. 
Our podcast can be found by Googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Car Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel and enjoy collecting. Collecting.